and welcome back to yet another episode of the Alternate Oscars. I am your host, Gabe Warren, and with every episode, I, along with a special guest, will be celebrating and rewarding our favorite films of each year, starting in 1928. We will discuss our brief thoughts on each film we nominate, and comment on the actual Oscar year, and some fun details on the ceremony. A few rules we always follow. We will be strictly following the reminder list of eligible races. Those can be found on the website and the Oscar goes too. The amount of categories will also grow over time to sort of tie into the Academy's evolution over time. My guest today is going to be Brett Dawes, co-host of the Go to Films podcast and contributor for the session phone. Welcome, Brett. It's such an honor to have you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to go over this year. Yeah, so how are you doing today? How's your day been? It's been good. Yeah, it's, it's been a Sunday, so um, it, the weekend has gone very fast, but it's been good so far. How about yours? Um, pretty good. Um, good. I'm about to start college soon, like tomorrow. So oh, that's exciting. exciting. And also terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about the films of 1943. And I think a good place to, um, to start would be to ask, as usual, what were your favorite films from this year that were not eligible? This can be any film that was released in 1943, but was not on the reminder list of eligible releases for 1943. Yeah, not not really a ton um, that's, that weren't eligible. The only one that's... Um... I, I guess there were a couple that I thought of that came up that year. One was... Um... I walked with a zombie and the leopard man or a couple of them there. There are a couple from Val Luton, uh, some horror films that were kind of interesting that weren't on the eligibility list. And so, and they're kind of just kind of fun movies. Um, some of another one we'll, we'll probably come up with, but um, that one, and then um, one that, you know, we, we have in our foreign film category maybe, but wasn't eligible for categories that year was day of wrath um, from Carl Theodore Dreyer. That's a really, dark and interesting and, and kind of beautiful movie that I really enjoyed as well. Very nice. Yeah. Good choices. Um, one that comes to mind for me is The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. A really yeah. a great Powell and Pressburger movie. Maybe not as good as, say, Black Narcissus or A Matter of Life and Death, but still, there is a lot to appreciate from the innovative use of technical cinematography to uh, the performances from Roger Livesey and Todd Wolfrock, Kevin Carr. It's a really marvelous picture. Yeah, definitely. That's one that I, I don't, I'm not huge on the film overall, but there are so many aspects of it, like the cinematography and uh, production design and some of the performances that definitely would have shown up in my awards if it had been eligible. So definitely. So, as I said, we are going to be talking about the films of 1943, and I guess we'll just jump into our nominees, starting with the last category, Special Effects, and ending with the first, Best Picture, and as usual, we take turns announcing the nominees, and the guest goes first. Perfect. 
So yeah, my nominees for best special effects this year were Cabin in the Sky, Cat People, The Gang's All Here, Heaven Can Wait, and The Song of Bernadette. All did some interesting things. A good set of nominees. Um, I actually looked on IMDb to see who I would credit for Captain in the Sky and my nominees list, and I couldn't find any. So I was like, mm, I'm not sure I want to nominate for just because it just felt weird to me for some reason. That's fair. But for the choice. So my nominees for special effects are Air Force, Cat People, Heaven Can Wait, The Phantom of the Opera, and So Proudly We Hail. Yeah, those are also good. Air Force was one that I was wanting to get to and didn't quite get to, so I'm, I'm interested to see that on your list to see kind of at some point down the road what all that had in store. It's fine for war propaganda from the 1940s. Right. It's not as bad as Sergeant York. Um, <laughs> but Howard Hawks made better movies. Doesn't surprise me. So next is best film editing. Awesome. So my nominees here um, are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, The Oxbow Incident, Phantom of the Opera, and Shadow of a Doubt. And so mix of, you know, a little bit of mix of color and, and black and white and um, all films that I really enjoyed. So I had to appreciate the editing. All good choices. So mine are Casablanca, Cat People, The More the Merrier, Sahara, and Shadow of a Devil. Yeah. Also, very good choices. Those are all films I definitely considered, um, not just in this category, but in a number of them. So absolutely. So next we have the cinematography category, starting with color cinematography. Yeah, so for this category, I have um, For Whom the Bell Tolls, uh, The Gang's All Here, Hello, Frisco, Hello, Lassie, Come Home, and Phantom of the Opera. Um, and this is when I, I had to do some exploration here and watch some new films just because um, I, I noticed that a lot of the Best Picture nominees were black and white. And so um, I was glad to check out some of those color categories they had and find some nice cinematography there. Very good. Um, I actually couldn't get around to um, watching Hello Frisco Hello, so um, the only nomination it gets for me is the one at one, and we'll get to that. Perfect. But my nominees are For Whom the Bell Tolls, The Gang's All Here, Heaven Can Wait, Lassie Come Home, and Phantom of the Opera. Very nice. Heaven Can Wait was definitely one I... Uh, I, I definitely hadn't here for a while and definitely consider. So that absolutely makes sense. Yeah, both this and the gang saw here were um, filmed by Edward Kronjager. Who very nice. Understood the assignment <laughs> for years. Uh, yeah, I, I love this era because I the the color cinematography this is still in that time obviously where they were it was still relatively new and so they just kind of went all out with it and it's always so beautiful to see so 
Yeah. Yeah, I definitely love that sort of go for broke style that the Technicolor films went for. Absolutely. So next we have black and white cinematography. Yeah, so here I have my nominees are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, The Oxbow Incidents, Shadow of a Doubt, and The Song of Bernadette. Good set of nominees. So mine are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, Cat People, The Oxbow Incident, and Shadow of a Doubt. Yeah, definitely. I Cat people and like all those horror films uh, of that era were so like kind of had that noirish style and so interesting. And so that was definitely one that I, I actually kind of hated to leave it off. This was such a tough category for me. Yeah. Um, and here's another, um, here's another category in which a cinematographer was having a good year with both the song for her and the Oxbow incident, Arthur C. Miller. Yes, absolutely. Just fantastic work on both of those movies. Yeah. And two very different movies. So, and I, I think even shot very differently in some ways. So, had the range. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, had the range. So, next we have Best Art Direction. All right. So, my nominees here are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, The Gang's All Here, Heaven Can Wait, and The Phantom of the Opera. Heaven Can Wait was a uh, just miss for me. It would have been very worthy. And it's a worthy nominee. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I found a very striking sell. Yeah. Yeah. So my nominees are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, The Oxbow Incident, Phantom of the Opera, and The Song of Bernadette. Yeah, it's so interesting to see that just the different styles with the black and white and color here. And The Song of Bernadette has some beautiful art direction as well. A lot of technical achievement in that movie too. So I definitely see that. Yeah, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the song for that, it was very technically sound. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm not too high on that movie, especially not as high as the Oscars seemingly, seemingly were that year. But I agree, some of the technical aspects are just undeniably fantastic. Yeah. So next we have Best Sound Recording. All right, so here I have uh, Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, The Gang's All Here, Sahara, and Stormy Weather. Um, so yeah, this one was kind of fun because they're all kind of different. You've got the musicals, the, the, the war films, and um, the dialogue of Casablanca that kind of overlaps in some ways. So kind of like that diversity of sound here. Definitely. So my nominees are Cabin in the Sky, the Oxbow Incident, Phantom of the Opera, Sahara, and This Land is Mine. Very nice. I didn't uh, check out This Land is Mine, but it was another one that was on my list that seemed kind of interesting as well, and I saw it had some nominations there, so. Yeah. yeah I, I was surprised by how much I liked this. Nice. It's another genre noir movie, and co-written produced by Dudley Nichols. Very cool. Yeah. 
and here we have a mix of uh, like the musicals and westerns and horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely some good horror movies sound here. I one that I there's another one where Cat People um, was very close here yeah, as well. So been. yeah. So next is best original song. Awesome. Yeah, this is a fun category. Uh, my nominees are Happiness is the Thing Called Joe from Cabin in the Sky, uh, Journey to a Star from The Gang's All Here, You'll Never Know from Hello Frisco Hello. Uh, and I actually only have four here just based on what I watched and what was actually eligible because um, a lot of movies from this year had songs that weren't eligible, weren't original. So my last one is There's No Two Ways About Love from Stormy Weather. I see. Good set. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like all these songs. So my nominees are Happiness is a Thing Called Joe from Cabin in the Sky, Take It Off the E-String, Play It on the G-String from Lady of Burlesque, There's No Two Ways About Love from Stormy Weather, they're either too young or too old from Thank Your Lucky Stars and Don't Ever Know from Hello Frisco Hello. Very nice. I, I love the the title of, of the second young song you mentioned from the Lady Burlesque. That absolutely sounds like a song I need to check out. So <laughs> Yeah. So next we have Best Original Score. Yeah, so this one, um, kind of a, a familiar set of nominees in some ways. My nominees are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. I wasn't a huge fan of the movie overall, but I did like the score there. Uh, Shadow of a Doubt and the song of Bernadette. Nice. So, and yeah, um, Ugly on For Whom the Bell Tolls, not a good movie, but it does look good and technically marvelous like the color cinematography is genuinely gorgeous from yes. Ray Renahan who was part of the team of Gone with the Wind and yeah absolutely it's another one of those gorgeous looking bad movies yeah, in some ways, it's like my most disappointing movie of this year because I haven't read the book or anything, so I didn't know what to expect. But the opening shot of For Whom the Bell Tolls, I think, is just yeah. genuinely beautiful and gorgeous. And it had me really excited for what was going to come next. And then it's just kind of a long, dull drag after that, for me at least. So Absolutely. kind of disappointing. So Yeah. That opening scene really was really well handled in my opinion which makes yes. the rest of the movie so disappointing yeah and I, I know we'll get to best actress so I'll, I'll say my thoughts for that but Ingrid Bergman yeah. in that movie I, I I have I have thoughts about that so yeah. we'll get to that <laughs> yeah we'll get to that so uh, my nominees are Casablanca Five Graves to Cairo Hangmen Also Die Shadow of a Doubt and the song of Bernadette. Oh, yeah. The, the score to Five Graves to Cairo is so good. I th This is another tough category. That was another one I didn't quite enjoy leaving off, but that's a great set as well. Yeah. Mitchell's Rosa was having a year this year. Yes, absolutely. Like, he had multiple years that were years for him, or he had so many projects in contention. 
and I'll talk more. I I think I'll talk more about him in the 1947 episode because he had a couple of projects for his score was a definite highlight. Nice. I'm looking forward to hear about that. I'm not too familiar with like 1947 overall, so I'm I'm interested to hear about that and kind of what he came up with. Yeah. So next we have best makeup. All right. So my nominees here are um, Cabin in the Sky, Cat People, The Gang's All Here, Phantom of the Opera, and The Song of Bernadette. Very interesting selection. So my nominees are, I only have three nominees, Cat People, Heaven Can Wait, and Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. Heaven Can Wait is a good one as well. I can definitely see that. So next we have Best Costume Design. Awesome. So my nominees here are Cabin in the Sky, The Gang's All Here, Hello, Frisco, Hello, Phantom of the Opera, and Stormy Weather. So in my opinion, great year for uh, costumes and musicals, even if some of the musicals here are not among my favorites. Looking at you, Hello, Frisco, Hello, but the costumes are, and all of them are great. So Good selection. So my nominees are Cabin in the Sky, The Gang's All Here, The Hard Way, Heaven Can Wait, and Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, this is just reminding me of Heaven Can Wait. That's another film that I enjoyed, um, but wasn't isn't always near the top of my list, but had so many of those technical and various aspects that were definitely top-notch. So it was definitely sixth or seventh on a lot of my list and then made it into some others. So So next we have best cartoon short film. Yeah, this one was fun. Um, I, I I didn't catch a ton and there were some that I saw that I wasn't a huge fan of. So I have four here, um, but I have the Dizzy Acrobats, uh, Woody Woodpecker film from that year. Dumbhounded is my second nominee, the Droopy film, one of the Droopy films from that year. Greetings Bates is my third. And then my fourth is the Tom and Jerry short Yankee Doodle Mouse. I like that set. So my nominees are, I only have three, um, Dumbhounded, Red Hot Riding Hood, and the Yankee Doodle Maps. Nice. So next we have Best Foreign Film. Yeah, so these are, I, I only have two here um, from what I saw, and then like I said, neither of these were eligible for other categories, but um, one I mentioned earlier was Day of Wrath uh, from Carl Theodore Dreyer, and um, I, I, I forgot to look at the pronunciation, Obsessione, um, Obsession is the English translation, um, one of the early like precursor Italian neorealism films that is really interesting, so those are my two nominees there. Very good. So my nominees are Day of Wrath from Denmark, Ossession from Italy, and The Raven from France. The Raven, of course, sounds interesting. That one, I when I heard about that, I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that one. But um, that's one I'll definitely have to check out. So next we have Best Adapted Screenplay. 
Awesome. So my nominees here are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, Five Graves to Cairo, Madame Curie, and The Oxbow Incident. That's a good set of nominees. Um, yeah. I'm not too hot on Madame Curie. I found it to be really boring, but I could understand if someone likes it. Yeah, th that's fair. And I like Madame Curie is one I probably set myself up because I went in with super low expectations because I, I don't I, I don't get into biopics very often, um, but it surprised me in some ways. Definitely not one of my favorites of the year, but there were definitely things about it I enjoyed. So my nominees are Casablanca, Five Graves to Cairo, Heaven Can Wait, Hitler's Madman, and The Oxbow Incidents. Very nice. Hitler's Madman is another one that sounds super interesting um, and whatnot, too. So I have to check that one out at some point as well. Yeah, this is one that really surprised me. And it's an early Douglas Sirk movie. Cool. It has the gorgeous cinematography. Um, of course, the cinematographer was Eugene Shufton, who worked on like Port of Shadows with Marcel Karn and eventually won an Oscar for The Hustler. But yeah. he went uncredited because um, of reasons I don't remember and um, another cinematographer was credited. It's a good one. Interesting. That's interesting that I was immediately intrigued with Douglas Sirk and then uh, mentioning Port of Shadows um, and cinematography there. Yeah, that's that sounds really, really interesting. So. So next we have Best Original Screenplay. All right. So here my nominees are Cat People, The Gang's All Here, The More the Merrier, Shadow of a Doubt, and Stormy Weather. Very nice set of nominees. Yeah. I see a lot of musical here. Which I uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> so, um... My nominees are Cat People, The More the Merrier, Sahara, Shadow Without, and This Land is Mine. Yeah, I've noticed this is one of the kind of early appearances on The More the Merrier on both of our lists. And that's one that's definitely aged well for me. It's one of the more charming movies from this year. And so that's definitely an enjoyable one. I'm not surprised it shows up in our screenplay categories. Yeah. It's one of those um, great screwball comedy scripts with sparkling dialogue. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the sincerity that appears in another um, Lewis R. Foster co-write, Mr. Smith, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great job of writing just like connections between um, love interest and leads because like both of those movies have just such strong connecting moments. I mean, this one between like Joel McCrea and um, Gene Arthur, who is among my favorite classical Hollywood actresses. And um, yeah, just did a fantastic job with both those scripts, but especially um, this one here as well. Yeah, definitely. Gene Arthur is a goddess. Yes, absolutely. A performance later, but yeah. So next we have Best Supporting Actress. 
Awesome. So my nominees here are uh, Lena Horn for Cabin in the Sky, Ann Baxter for Five Graves to Cairo, uh, Jane Darwell for The Oxbow Incidents, uh, Patricia Collins, I hope that's how you pronounce her name, for Shadow of a Doubt, and Anne Revere for The Song of Bernadette. I like the set of nominees. Thank you. Yeah, Jane Darwell is like one of my favorite character actresses, and she's just tr tremendous in everything yeah. she shows up in. And Anne Baxter, I had a little bit of trouble with like whether she was lead or supporting, but I just went supporting, um, partially because that that category needed a little help here and there. But um, and you know, obviously, Lena Horne is just splendid, and Kevin the Sky, and the other two are great yeah. as well. So. So um, my nominees are Lena Horne in Cabin in the Sky, Marjorie Main in Epic and Wait, Patricia Collins in Shadow of a Doubt, Veronica Lake in So Bradley We Hail, and Una O'Connor in This Line is Mine. Awesome set as well. I Marjorie Main is another one who, kind of like Jane Darwell, everything she shows up in, it feels like she's awesome. So I love that pick as well. Yeah. Um, a runner-up in this category or just miss would be Gladys Cooper in the song of Bernadette. Yeah. Or, like one of the aspects I liked about that movie is a lot of sporting players, like Vincent Price and Gladys Cooper especially. They just yeah. had a lot of fun as the villains. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think the supporting cast was pretty strong there and I had a lot of trouble deciding between Gladys Cooper and Andrew Veer and if I watch again I would probably just keep flip-flopping between the two but definitely enjoy the supporting players in that one yeah the supporting players were actually more interesting to me than the act than the title character yes absolutely absolutely so next we have best supporting actor all right so this was for me personally just one of the more loaded categories uh, my nominees are rex ingram for cabin in the sky paul henry for casablanca claude rains for casablanca eric von stroheim for five graves to cairo and charles coburn for the more the merrier yeah this is such a good year for a supporting actor so good and any of your nominees could be carried over into my set of nominees, and yeah. So, my nominees are Rex Ingram for Cabin in the Sky, Claude Rains in Casablanca, Charles Coburn in The More the Merrier, Dana Andrews in The Oxbow Incident, and Henry Trappers in Shadow of a Doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are all... It, it, it really is. This is a loaded category. I could make a category of eight to ten very easily and um I'll, like when we get to winners this is such a hard one to pick out because the performances are so varied too um between everybody that we've listed here they they each do so many just wonderful things and um you know from rex ingram kind of being this kind of almost humorous devil character to the more quiet paul henry to um charles coburn and like his wonderful charming comedic self it, it's it's all just yeah. wonderful yeah just blustery boisterous 
stuffy, rich guy. <laughs> but having a lot of fun playing that role. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fun to watch. And then, yeah. And then Dana Andrews. Like, I just remember what uh, guys from the Awards Don't Matter podcast said about his performance. Just plainly human. Like, his eyes and mm-hmm. his expressions. Yeah, and it, it's... With, with his without like spoiling it, with as heartbreaking as that movie is and how deep and whatnot it is, he certainly delivers that with his emotions. And yeah, that's an excellent performance as well. Easily could have fit into my nominees for sure. So next we have Best Actress. All right, another really tough category for me. Uh, My nominees are Ethel Waters for Cabin in the Sky, Ingrid Bergman for Casablanca, uh, I have Greer Garson for Madame Curie, of course, Jean Arthur for The More the Merrier, and Teresa Wright for Shadow of a Doubt. That's a very good lineup. And yeah, so my nominees are Ethel Waters for Cabin in the Sky, Ingrid Bergman for Casablanca, Simone Simon in Cat People. Gene Arthur in The More the Merrier, and Teresa Wright in Shadow Without. Nice. Very similar. Very similar. I, I think yeah. I would say there are definitely highlights of the Oscars category, and in this case, especially being Gene Arthur, but this is definitely one of those categories where I strongly disagree with some of their other choices. I, yeah. I, I, I like Jennifer Jones in The Song of Bernadette. It's not one of my favorite roles of uh. hers. Yeah, but, she, she would definitely be better in other movies, and um, I, don't, I don't think that role gave her a lot to do. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to like what we were saying. I, I think that the supporting actors are definitely more of a draw on that movie, and I, I don't yeah. know how you watch Ingrid Bergman in For Whom the Bell Tolls, and then watch Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca and think that the former is the better performance from her. I mean, even if I put my thoughts about the movies aside, For Whom the Bell Tolls is the one Ingrid Bergman performance that I have not enjoyed whatsoever. And Casablanca is one of, it's iconic, so. Yeah. um, I guess, well, the thing with that is that um, Ingrid Bergman was actively campaigning for For Whom the Bell Tolls. That was the performance that, that she was proud of from that year. And she didn't like most of the people behind uh, working on Casablanca. She didn't even have much faith in Casablanca. Interesting. That's good to know. I, you know, I, I knew that Casablanca was like most people in that production did not expect it to do well to do what it did. Um, so, I, you know, I respect to Bergman for going with what she felt was best. Um, I just happen to disagree with her in this case. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as does time. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yes, I think most would agree. Yeah. Um, So next we have Best Actor. Yeah, so this one, my nominees are Eddie Rochester Anderson for Cabin in the Sky, Humphrey Bogart for Casablanca, Francho Tone for Five Graves to Cairo, Walter Pidgeon in Madame Curie, and Joseph Cotton in Shadow of a Doubt. 
I appreciate that lineup, and especially the the Brancho Tone mentioned. He's very good in Mutiny on the Bounty. Just seems oh, like yeah. a very dependable actor. Yeah, absolutely. So my nominees. Are, oh, no, go ahead. So my nominees are Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca, Don Amici in Heaven Can Wait, Joel McCree in The More the Merrier. Henry Fonda in The Oxbow Incident, and Joseph Cotton in Shadow of the Devil. Yeah, McCree and uh, Fonda are both astounding in in their movies as well, especially Fonda. I, Fonda is usually like a shoe-in nomination for me, and, and that's definitely a role where he's a lot more subtle and quiet, but it's so effective. Um, definitely a sign of his talent and also things to come, so. Yeah, he... That's real, that's a role where he has to um, balance and in it kindness that he's so good at conveying and also yes a toughness that is different from say John Wayne oh yeah like, there's no macho posturing you genuinely get the sense that he's been through a lot of shit oh yeah. Yeah, that seems like a role he was definitely meant to play. And it, it's one of those has a lot of value because I really I, I can't see much of anybody else doing it um, in the way he did it. So yeah. definitely respect that. So next is best director. All right. So my nominees here are Vincent Minnelli and technically Busby Berkeley, though he was uncredited for Cabin in the Sky. Uh, Michael Curtiz for Casablanca, Billy Wilder for Five Graves to Cairo, William A. Wellman for The Oxbow Incidents, and Alfred Hitchcock for Shadow of a Doubt. So pretty much all significant influential names there. Yeah. This is like the... Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of like the top A class uh, list for these legendary directors are at the near top of your game. Yes, absolutely. So, my nominees are Michael Curtiz for Casablanca, Lawrence Lubitsch for Heaven Can Wait, George Stevens for The Mortimerier, William A. Wallman for The Oxbow Incident, and Alfred Hitchcock for Shadow of a Doubt. Very nice. I like how, like, even our differences still, like, very, very notable directors. Ernst Lubitsch was obviously hugely influential in it, and George Stevens and what he would go on to do. So this is definitely a, a mighty crop of directors that came out of this year. Yeah. And my ranking, my lineup is actually not that different from the 1943 lineup. The only difference is um, Clarence Brown and Henry King. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very cool. So next is the big one. Outstanding motion picture is what they call best picture at the time. All right. Best of the best. So my 10 nominees here are Cabin in the Sky, Casablanca, Cat People, Five Graves to Cairo, The More the Merrier, The Oxbow Incident, Phantom of the Opera, Sahara, Shadow of a Doubt, and Stormy Weather. Yeah. 
uh, this is a great list of golf games, and I appreciate all of them. Nice. Thank you. So, mine are, my nominees are Cabin Sky, Casablanca, Cat People, Five Graves to Cairo, Heaven Can Wait, The More the Merrier, The Oxbow Incident, Sahara, Shadow of a Doubt, and This Land is Mine. Very nice. Definitely at least one or two in there that I need to check out and otherwise great selections there. So. Yeah. And um, just thinking about some of the ones that did get nominated for Best Picture that we didn't nominate, like Watch on Ryan, which had Paul Lucas <laughs> winning an Oscar. I did consider yeah. Lucas for Best Actor. Yeah, I Watch on the Rhine was definitely one that I did not enjoy a whole lot. It's, um, you know, one of those that, you know, Paul Lucas, I, I definitely see the appeal there. But, you know, when you look at some of the other lead actors of the year, it definitely loses a lot of that appeal. Um, yeah. So... It's one of those play. It's one of those uh, movies based on plays that definitely feels like um, a film staged play. Yes, but, I absolutely agree. And also, Betty Davis and, is in it, and it, that's almost like kind of forgettable to me. Like, I it, it's not one that ever comes to mind when I think of like Betty Davis roles and performances, which is just so strange because she always had such an impact, but wasn't really felt there for me. Um, I did appreciate her giving um, a more restrained turn here, but yeah, I can definitely see why this has been sort of forgotten. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and this is directed by Herman Shumlin, who is more known for his, uh, who's best known for his like theater productions and directing on stage, and you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. It's very clear. Yeah. I know another so, one that I don't think either of us had was oh. In Which We Serve. Um, I'm interested to hear um, your thoughts on that because I, 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 I'll admit, I, I flat out could not stand that movie. I, it was one <laughs> where, like, I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the, the, the propaganda with that one. So, yeah, it's definitely one of those blatant propaganda movies. And they make, somewhat of an effort to like include a human story in it but um Noel Coward, David Lean, Celia Johnson, um John Mills, Ronald Neem, they'd all go on to do better things. Yes. I'll a lot of talent that. behind it, for sure. Yeah. So when we get back we will announce our winners. Stay tuned. After these messages, we'll be right back. 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 Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back.
we're back. So, it is now time to announce our winners. I'm excited. Yeah, same here. So, as usual, we start with the last category and end with the first. And we take turns announcing our winners with the guests going first. Perfect. So for best special effects, as a reminder, my nominees were Cabin in the Sky, Cat People, The Gang's All Here, Heaven Can Wait, and The Song of Bernadette. And my winner here, I went with Cabin in the Sky, just because it was so simple, but um, effective. And I just enjoyed how it kind of, it, it, at times it felt like a play that was wowing us, but also a, a film in its own right, cinematic. So I went with Cabin in the Sky here. Very good choice. My winner was Cat People. Yeah, that would have been my runner-up. So definitely understand yeah. that. <laughs> it's honestly remarkable how good this B movie looks. Yeah, that Valentin yeah. style is amazing. So love to see it. Definitely. Awesome. So next is best film editing. Perfect. Um, so, and do you want me to go through nominees on each one or do you want me to announce my winner um, here? Just announce your winner. Okay, perfect. So, but for best film editing, I went with Casablanca. Um, just how it kind of goes in between these different scenarios and brings them all together, I thought was really impressive. So, yeah, I went with Casablanca here. Excellent choice. And it would be my runner up, but. I went with Shadow of a Doubt. Yeah, love that choice as well. There, yeah, it, Hitchcock film, it, it totally makes sense. And yeah, it, it creates a really chilling atmosphere too, so. And I don't think any of his films ever won Best Film of the Day, which is kind of insane. Yeah, that's wild. How does Psycho not like take that in the landslide? But uh, anyway, horror film, well, the so. The apartment one day or so um that's true that's true i would yeah i'll be fine with that keeping this one even if psycho psycho was nominated um but regardless yeah it is insane like we could have had rebecca win instead of northwest mounted police right um and then some others but yeah so next is best color cinematography yeah, so for this one, um, definitely some strong choices. And it was a close one, but I went with the gang's all here, um, especially for some of the just musical sequences in that film. Um, it, it's just so vibrant and colorful, and I, and I love that in the, these early years of, of color cinematography. So I went with the gang's all here. Very good choice. So I went with Heaven Can Wait, the other Edward Cronjager film. And I did also consider Phantom of the Opera, which did win this category this year. Yeah, I can't really fault the Academy for that choice. That's that's some fantastic cinematography and, and colors there as well. So can't fault them for that. Yeah. yeah. So next is best black and white cinematography. Yeah, this is another tough one. Um, this is another one that I give to Casablanca just because I, at times it is, um, 
it may seem a little bit straightforward, but there are some images from that film that have just really stuck with me ever since I first saw it from the way it, it shoots Ingrid Bergman when she first appears to the ending shot with the plane and, and whatnot. And it's, it's just, it's still so beautiful to look at. So Casablanca is my choice. Very nice. Definitely um, the choice I think most people would go with. But my winner is the Oxbow Incident. Very nice. I can definitely respect that choice. That's another beautifully shot film. Yeah. So next we have Best Art Direction. Awesome. So my winner here might be sensing a trend is also Casablanca, um, which was so tough because there are so many choices. But, you know, Rick's where a lot of the film takes place is it's such an elaborate set design that may not seem like it at first, but there are still each time I watch that, I feel like there are corners and crooks and nannies of Rick's that we haven't discovered. Um, and so to be able to create that sense, plus what it does deliver uh, even elsewhere in the film is just fantastic. So once again, I went with Casablanca here. That's a great choice. So, and yeah, Casablanca is also my winner. Nice. For all the reasons you described, just the way they designed Rex. Um, what do you call it again? Um, sorry, uh, Cafe Americana, I believe, uh, right? Cafe Americana. Yeah. yeah. Stunning. And all the intricate details. This is the movie that you show to people um, when it comes to just to show them how to make movies in general. Yes, absolutely. So next okay. we have best sound recording. Yeah, so for best sound recording, I went with uh, Cabin in the Sky, partially just because of, of the musical aspects, but also um, how it combines that with some of the visual effects and just the really interesting fantasy storytelling of the film. I really like the sound design there. So I went with the Oxbow Incidents. Definitely also a great choice. So next is Best Original Song. Yeah, so this one, um, I went with uh, another win for Cabin in the Sky. I went with Happiness is a Thing Called Joe. Um, which actually it did have some contenders um, that challenged it, but it's it's one that I, has stuck with me since I first saw the film and Ethel Waters delivers it so beautifully. Um, and so I went with that one here. Yeah, I also go with Happiness is a Thing Called Joe is my winner as well. Very Such nice. Such a beautiful song. It's so wonderfully by Ethel Waters. And it's the same team who gave us um, Over the Rainbow. I did not know that. That's fascinating. And it makes sense. So, Obviously, yeah. if it was an original song at the time, As Time Goes By would be wonderful here. Well, but, yeah. you know, not yeah. original. So That um... would be the easy winner <laughs> right. if it was original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
hard to go against it. Yeah, it's honestly the Warner Bros. What um, Over the Rainbow is to um, MGM. Yes, absolutely. And I have a feeling Harold Arlen is going to win with me again um, a decade later. Very cool. Looking forward to that. So next we have Best Original Score. Yeah, so my winner here is, once again, Casablanca. Um, that score from, from the beginning just kind of absorbs you and just kind of brings you into the movie and stays consistent throughout. And Max Steiner is is a genius um, when it comes to film score. So uh, that's my choice here, Casablanca. Wonderful choice. And my winner is also Casablanca. It's just... Um, Aside from Song of Bernadette, I'm not sure what else provides competition for it. It's just, it's one of the quintessential film scores. Yeah, I think it does. For sure. This is kind of a runaway winner for me. It's the only one I could like remember off the top of my head. And for anybody out there like listening, like if you have the chance to see Casablanca in a theater on the big screen with with all that sound, the minute um, I got to do that once and like the minute that begins it is just like absolutely incredible and br- the way it brings you in it kind of transports you as if you're still you're watching it in the 1940s so um it's it's really impressive in that way yeah i have to imagine that um i wonder how audiences felt like in the theater watching this the first time Oh yeah, absolutely. I it, it would be such an interesting just to sit back and just observe that and the impact it would have had. So it's fascinating. Yeah. And Max Steiner won with me before for now Voyager. He actually won for that in real life. And absolutely. That's another classic score. Especially in the melodrama uh, melodrama genre. Yeah, knew what he was doing, so... Yeah, he's a genius. Yeah. He's like... He is rightfully considered one of the grandfathers of film scores. Oh, yeah. Definitely well-deserving of that title. So next we have Best Makeup. Yeah, so my winner here is uh, Phantom of the Opera, um, partially for the work on the Phantom himself, and... Um, but even just the, the, the whole cast, the actors, obviously it takes place at the opera. And so getting to see all that work there was also just as fascinating. So that's my winner here. Yeah, absolutely. My winner is also Phantom of the Opera. For obvious reasons. Yeah, hard to argue with that one. So next we have Best Costume Design. Yeah, so my winner here is um, a musical. It's Hello, Frisco, Hello, um, a film that I wasn't uh, too big on overall, but it has a really wide variety of costumes from um, you know, kind of cowboy looks to more um, ritzy looks, and, and it does them all. It's also fantastic and um, colorful. So I went with Hello, Frisco, Hello here. Good choice. So my winner is Heaven Can Wait. I just love the period fantasy look that 
um, Ursula Bitch is able to harness, and it just looks marvelous. Yeah, and it, it mixes really well with like the production design or the you know the art direction in that film too. So, absolutely. So next we have best cartoon short film. Awesome. So here, um, kind of a tough choice, but I went with Dumb Hounded, um, one of the the droopy short films from this year because I love droopy, and this was one of those kind of fun chase films that I just I I always um try to just see how much fun i have with these cartoon shorts and that one i definitely felt the joy and the fun of it so i went with dumb hounded that's a good choice my winner is red hot riding hood yeah and yeah uh it just felt to me like the most influential of the ones i picked yeah, as I was looking through some of these, I, I did notice like that film. I don't know if I'd seen it before, but some of the images I had definitely seen before and referenced before. So um, definitely yeah. can see how that was influential for sure. Yeah. So next we have Best Foreign Film. So yeah, like I said, I only had two nominees here, but my winner is um, Day of Wrath from Denmark. Um, I, I, I don't think this is a terribly well-known film um even though carl theodore dreyer directed it but um really um profoundly effective and dark and um i you know it's about like kind of witch hunts and things like that and i was really into it so i went with day of wrath and my winner is also day of wrath for reasons you just mentioned it feels to me like the most influential for three of my nominees. Yeah, it's definitely one that it, it's really well shot. If it was like overall eligible in 1943, it probably would have showed up in multiple categories for me. So yeah. definitely worth checking out. It's actually eligible in 1949, which is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure when it was, if it was ever eligible or when it was, so it's interesting to see when those come up and whatnot. So. So next is best adapted screenplay. Yeah, probably no shocker here. Um, mine is Casablanca. I, I think it's in, in my, it's one of my favorite screenplays ever written. Um, it weaves a, a lot of different characters and stories in so effectively and even has some really nice humor, um, usually delivered by Claude Rains. Um, so I, I love the script for Casablanca. Yeah, and no surprise here, my winner is also Casablanca. It's just everything a great screenplay should be. And it's right up there with Chinatown with, in terms of like the title of quintessential screenplays like when you think of like classic screenplays you go to Casablanca Chinatown mm -hmm. Network and yeah yeah I mean those are all ones that like they they really excel in the plot without leaving the characters behind um and the, the development is great they use different techniques from, from flashbacks to um, foreshadowing and it, it's just it's fantastic it's a master class yeah 
So next is best original screenplay. Yeah, so my winner here is Shadow of a Doubt. Um, this is one of my favorite Hitchcock films. Um, the screenplay is a big reason why. I, I think it captures in a really symbolic way some of the fears um, in the U.S. at that time and, um, and noirish aspects. So I love that screenplay as well. I went with a Shadow of a Doubt. Yeah, I also go with Shadow of a Doubt. I did strongly consider the more to marry her, just for being a screwball comedy that manages to be socially conscious without feeling preachy. It's about the housing crisis, and it features one of the steamiest love scenes of all time. And you question, how was this made in the Hayes Code? Yeah. No doubt. Um, the more the merrier. It, it's so charming, but there are those aspects um, and, uh, of comedy and the, the steamy love scene for sure. And yeah, it's a great one as well. So, yeah, but I had to go shadow doubt for the reasons you mentioned. Like, it perfectly tapped into what Americans were feeling at the time, and. Also being an effective noir of sorts. Mm -hmm. And also capturing a great psychological relationship that goes south as the movie progresses. But it's also well weaved into one another. Yes, absolutely. So good. Yeah. So next is Best Supporting Actress. Awesome. So my winner here for Best Supporting Actress is Lena Horne in Cabin in the Sky. Um, the role she plays, it, it's one that um, there's definitely some, some glitz and glamour to it. And it, it, it has to be played by a star. And Lena Horne exhibits the qualities of, of a movie star. Um, and um, it, it's a fantastic performance. Lena Horne was exceptional here. So she takes this one for me. Yeah. And my winner is also Lena Horne. She just excels here playing the scene stealing supporting part and exuding this unique star quality, even though she isn't the main star of the show. Yeah, this is definitely a case where the in those early years where um, the Oscars could have given some recognition to a great um, black actress, and um, instead they went with um, a role that includes the use of brownface. Um, yeah. So they, um, that's not a good look. Yeah, went in the it's opposite like direction they, there. So yeah, it's like they gave it to Hattie McDaniel, which is great. She deserved it. But then they were like, okay, we took care of her. We don't need to do it again for like a decade. Exactly. Until Ethel Waters was nominated for Pinky of all things. Right, right. And yeah. Um, I guess I'll get into my thoughts on Katina Paxson a little later. <laughs> I don't have many positive things to say about that performance. Yeah, it, it it's an interesting one, and I, I it, it's yeah, it, it, it's a tough. I don't know. It, yeah, 
the role is is not very good at all i you know and um pax new it, it should not be the one playing it and um overall i, I think some of her mannerisms and whatnot are, are good but it's it's just it's not a good look whatsoever for that role yeah definitely not so next is best supporting actor yeah once again such a great category so many you could go with but i went with one of my all-time favorite supporting acting performances um claude rains and casablanca um i actually that movie is loaded with great performances and he gives my favorite of the film um and he it's comic relief but also meaningful um he has a lot of great moments and i think claude rains is is just one of the greatest actors ever and this is um perhaps my favorite performance that i've seen from him so i went with him here in casablanca he was definitely deserving but my winner is actually the academy's pick charles coburn in the modern area i think we can agree that of the four acting choices that year that was by far the best choice they had in terms yeah. of winners um because he's excellent in that movie he was obviously one of my nominations as well and uh he shines so i i have no yeah. problem with that yeah it's a classic scene stealing supporting performance where he opens the movie like mechanizing the plot to get it started and then takes a backseat to gene Arthur and joel mccree but he's so much fun whenever he's on screen. Oh yeah, definitely. And the fact that they, they, you know, McCree and um, Arthur both give great performances and he still kind of finds his own ways to stand out is part of the greatness of a, a good supporting actor performance. So um, yeah, definitely. So next we have best actress. So as great as supporting actor was, this one I probably have the smallest margin between my winner and my runner-up of any of these categories. It was a super tough decision for me. But once again, I went with Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca. Um, it, it's it's just one of those defining classical Hollywood performances for me. And I think a lot of it is that, you know, credit to the camera work because the way she is shot and um, it's just so, so great. And um, the emotion that she brings, um, and, and upholding that role as, um, you know, of the main cast members being pretty much the only woman, um, it, it's an astounding performance. So, um, Ingrid Bergman is going to be my winner here. That is a great choice. And she was definitely my runner up, but my winner ended up being Teresa Wright in Shadow of a Doubt. Yeah. And that's the one Bergman was battling with for me. It, it is, it's so tough to choose between the two. Um, but Wright is outstanding in that movie. She's so good. Yeah. And then Gene Archer also would have been an amazing winner for the Motor Marrier. Oh, yes. I can't believe that was the only nomination she ever got. Yeah, that is an absolute crime. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's kind of absurd. Jean Arthur, um, you know, I would have given her a win for even like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and yeah, so many classic performances and such a distinctive acting style. Um, she's amazing. Incredibly modern. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, she's great yeah. in that movie too. Would have been a very deserving winner if she had won this year. So Yeah. So next is best actor. Yeah, we have definitely entered the Casablanca domination phase of this because I went with Humphrey Bogart. And once again, it's, it's just so iconic. I, It's another one of those, I put a lot of value into it when I really can't picture anybody else in the role. Um, and that's definitely the case with Bogart. He has such a distinctive voice and manner to how he plays the character. And um, it's so subtle. There are things beneath the surface to this character that he we can get from him without him delivering it explicitly so um bogart for casablanca is my choice yeah and um no suspense here my winner is also bogart for basically his signature role like a lot of people may point to sam spade or charlie allnuts or Forgetting his character's name from the treasure of the Sierra Madre, but yeah, I think it's clear that this is the role that uh, pop culture associates Bogart with, and for a good reason. Like this is like a great performance. Yeah, it's... it it really holds a special place for me. Not just because I love Casablanca and the performance, but it was it was my introduction to Bogey and. There are some other great performances there. He even has at least one or two performances. That I actually enjoy more overall than his performance here. But like you said, this is the one that brought me to his work and it's so iconic. Um, and so, yeah, he's terrific. I will say Joseph Cotton and Shadow Vidal was also super close here. Um, Joseph yeah, Cotton. That would have been a great winner as well. He's so good. He's another one that just did not get any Oscar attention and it's just absurd. Um, but he's fantastic yeah. in that movie. Maybe he was too handsome. <laughs> yeah. But he did win with me for Citizen Kane. As he should. He's terrific in yeah. pretty much everything. But yeah, especially the Citizen Kane. So next is Best Director. Um, once again, no surprise here. There, There is some pretty astounding work overall, but um i'm with the one who just delivered something truly classic and um that is michael curtis with casablanca and uh my winner is also michael curtis for casablanca this is basically his moment and um not to spoil too much but he'll be making a big appearance um two episodes for now maybe so stay tuned for that but yeah this is like the signature film for so many people Casablanca oh yeah it's, it's, it's classic for good reason so like in, it's almost like it's easy to be bowled over by just this film's mere existence and it's staying power in the pop culture lexicon yeah, it's one of those films. I, of course, I've seen it so many times. Maybe not much anymore, but there's so many times where I watched it and discovered new things with every watch. And that's one of those things that just defines a great film. Um, and that being said, this 
this category was a lot more competitive for me than I would have expected. Um, and you look at what William A. Wellman did with the Oxbow incident and how he kept a Western so subdued and focused. And that was pretty incredible. And obviously Hitchcock was shadow of doubt. There were some real competitors here, but um, Curtis just was on another level with Casablanca. So, yeah. So next is the big one. Outstanding motion picture. I do not have any plot twists here. This is going to be Casablanca all the way. Um, <laughs> I This is my time to finally admit that, and folks may have guessed along the way, but Casablanca is my favorite movie of all time. It is, um, it, 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 that may be, <laughs> that may not be like too out there or anything, but it just, it's, I get so absorbed every time I watch that movie, which is at least once a year. And it, like you said, it has unbelievable staying power. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's Casablanca, no question for me. Yeah, it's just, well, first off, my winner is also Casablanca. Very um, nice. Not much surprise. And, yeah, what is there even to say? It's just... <laughs> It's just one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, I, and I know there there are folks out there who who don't like Casablanca and totally respect that. Um, for me personally, yeah. it's just it's it's one of those things that it encapsulates classical Hollywood for me. Um, yeah, it is. It I consider it like the quintessential um, Hollywood movie that defined a lot of like every major aspect of what went into Hollywood productions at the time. Like on one run on one facet it's a war propaganda movie. On another, mm-hmm. it's a sleeping romantic melodrama. And there is this continental transatlantic Atlantic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Globe trotting. Adventure. War. It's it has so many facets and I, I think it's so fascinating um, it, it, in a way it's so weird to think about this now, but it was kind of an underdog um, with its success because nobody that was working on it thought it was going to be a big deal. Um, it, obviously including Ingrid Bergman, she pushed from the bell tolls more and, you know, um, as they were getting together to, to put together this movie, none of them were thinking that it would be on, nearly all the, the the top 10 lists of all time and um and whatnot and so um it's it's such a fascinating story that the the narrative really kind of reflects the u.s in wartime through rick as a character but also brings in these different perspectives and the cast is obviously terrific and um it's it's kind of a marvel yeah and it's especially um funny to consider what was like considered to the front runner which was the song Bernadette's which led the nominations and had four wins yeah and um what I learned like listening to the um and the runner up is is episode on this it not only did it lo- lose money um academy members didn't actually see it interesting 
So they went with the movie they did see, which was Casablanca. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Love to so, see it. Yeah. Definitely. So, do we want to share any additional thoughts on like the actual on some of the acting winners that year? Well, we already talked a bit about Paul Lucas and um, Jennifer Jones. I guess won this year for the song Bernadette's. Yeah, to to me, it's just it's really interesting to think about not only some of these winners and nominees, but what the years that surrounded them. Like Jennifer Jones, like I said, and we we kind of agree. I I think the supporting characters in that film were were stronger than what she was given. Um, a year later, it's, she's excellent in since she went away. Oh yeah, I love her in that movie terrific yeah and there's a it's a lot of her like artfully lit close-ups of her face as uh, my great friend ronaldo sosa put it in his review oh yeah definitely great point yeah and yeah um yeah, the song for that is definitely a product of its time, a Christian propaganda movie. <laughs> or you're supposed to feel like you're in heaven, and I think she's called the Virgin Mary, keeps showing up. Yeah, and it's it's two hours and 36 minutes, um, and, and so for what it's dealing with and there are definitely some really interesting moments in the movie like i said technically it, it does some really interesting things with the cinematography and the special effects and um it still won four oscars like you mentioned so um i think just for the time it takes and whatnot it, it can definitely drag a little bit um and so but it worked out for jennifer jones not only did she win an oscar but she had a lot of success with getting nominations especially in the 40s um you know with four four nominations in that decade alone so um she had a good run yeah i guess i'd also i'd also like to mention ida lupino's performance in hardway which won the new york film critics circle and i think warner bros was campaigning her for it but um Brian Lindsay did point out that um, she was, I think she was on suspension. Um, oh. So that maybe that may have factored into why she wasn't nominated. It's just absurd to me that Lupino was never nominated for an Oscar ever. Yeah, that's fascinating. I. Um... I hadn't, I haven't seen that movie, so I can't speak on the performance, but um, it's just really fascinating, the politics that were at play there. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, with Ida Lupino, I'm sure she was totally deserving of a nomination that year. That wouldn't surprise me at all, so. Yeah. So we have some audience questions. So 
from Emily Blakowski, Dead for Whom the Bell Tolls Deserve Its Nominations. Oh, this is such a tough one. I need to remind myself um, so, what I was nominated for, but... Um, I guess this is wrong. So it got Best Picture, Best Actor for Gary Cooper, Best Actress for Ingrid Bergman, Best Supporting Actor for Kim Tamaroff, Best Supporting Actress for Katina Paxnu, um, Best Cinematography, Color, Best Art Direction, Color, Best Film Editing, and Best Original Score. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I, I think this is one where I definitely have to look at the the technical categories, like we mentioned. I, I definitely don't think it deserved the best picture nom or any of the acting noms. Um, and, you know, editing. It, yeah, um, it's it's way too long and it feels long and it, it could have been edited. Not one at all. No. Yeah. But I mean, the, the cinematography, like we mentioned, I think is pretty splendid. Um, I can definitely, I, I, I don't, I didn't nominate it for our direction, but I can definitely see that. Um, I, I think that's totally fair. And um, I enjoyed the score. Um, I even nominated the score. So the technical categories, I'm not a fan of the film, but I, I do think it did some wonderful things. But yeah, the editing and the um, obviously best picture in the acting categories, I definitely don't think and i hate to say it, but especially ingrid bergman i really and it's because she's so great yeah. she's so fantastic she was so fantastic that um that's just not a performance that i i, I want to see on her oscar resume so <laughs> yeah, me neither it's sad really and yeah um it really only deserved its technical nominations save for editing and gary cooper is just Another one of his really dull performances. And she has no chemistry with Ingrid Bergman and Akeem Tom Roth. <laughs> Not at <laughs> all. This is really hammy. I think he's in brown face performance. And then Katina Paxanu is just really terrible as... Um, I'll just put it this way. with Katina Paxanu. They lazily were like, Spanish equals Mexican. Even though most, even though Spanish people are generally white, and yeah, it's just it's just a bad movie, and the really uninteresting, boring kind, which is his biggest sin in my opinion. It's biggest sin. Yes. It, yeah. It's extremely boring. It's almost three hours long. So it's not only boring, but it's boring for a long time. And yeah, Paxanu is, it, it's one of those, I think Paxanu's win is one of the more problematic wins in the Academy's history that I don't hear a whole lot about, partially because I, I mean, when I look at that category, I don't think it's particularly strong. I think I only nominate one from that list, and that's Anne Revere. And Gladys Cooper is good too. But I mean, aside from that, there's not much there, but there was so much outside of the, the nominations that would have been so worthy um, that makes that win even worse. So, yeah. I would have been interested to see what Cecil B. DeMille would have brought to this project. I almost wish it had gone into more like salacious, like go for broke over the top 
melodrama. What he did. Oh yeah, that would have at least made it a little more exciting, uh, which it definitely could have used. So yeah. So this is from John T. In the world where Bergman is nominated for Casablanca rather than for whom the bell tolls, does she beat Jennifer Jones? This is a great question that I did think about. Um, and shout out John. He's great. Um, yeah, he is. I, I, I go back and forth. Um, I lean towards Jennifer Jones still winning. Um, just because yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, first nomination, I think it's just someone they were excited about. And you know, even though song of bernadette didn't complete that best picture win it, it still did really well and it got a lot of nominations and four wins which was the most on the night and so um i i'd like to think that bergman would come in and win there but i i have an inkling that they still would have gone with jennifer jones yeah i think so too it's definitely one of those um it just felt like she was the right uh, rising star at the right time. Yeah. I think Daryl F. Sandow put a lot of, uh, well, maybe not, but I would be surprised if he put a lot of, um, faith behind her just as a big star. And then the collaborations with David Oselsnick later on. And like Luke Valley mentioned in the episode I did with him before, this was a, a time when the Academy was very interested in, like, uh, trying to establish young starlets as rising stars. By exactly. Yeah. So this really fits into that trend. Yeah. And it's tough. I mean, as, as a fan of uh, Bergman's performance in Casablanca, it's a tough loss. But luckily, she would come back a year later, obviously, and with yeah. Gaslight and get a great win there so yeah so from fritz and the oscars what movies do you think covered world war ii better those that were made during the war or those made afterwards this is a, another one i i kind of had to think about um i i think it's tough because casablanca is my favorite movie and i think it definitely qualifies as a war movie um You've got Five Graves to Cairo, which I thought was pretty great. and But I think overall, I lean towards those that were made after. Just, I think nearly every World War II movie is going to be really patriotic and have some propaganda in some way. But especially this year, um, when we were definitely in the middle of the, the war and, and whatnot, that just defines so many of those films that dealt with the war effort. Um, it becomes especially interesting if you consider like um, Holocaust movies as well, because obviously that was um, happening at the same time tied to World War II. And if you throw that into the mix, then you've obviously got a lot to pick from in later years that's um, as well. But um, I, I lean towards later years, I, even though Casablanca is my favorite. I think about things like Saving Private Ryan and um, even The Longest Day, which, which is technically, you know, it, I think is a technical achievement and even many series like band of brothers, um, which I think did outstanding job with kind of depicting some of that, um, and whatnot as well. 
but that's a tough one. That's really tough. Yeah, I guess I'll lean more towards um, after the war, because we had something like the best years of our lives, which was a very harrowing look, and a really almost a 180 from Mrs. Miniver, which is by design a war propaganda picture meant to rouse spirits during mm-hmm. the trying times of the war. Directed by the same director, William Wyler. Yeah, and that's a great point. Yeah. I, I think, like, in the middle of the war, obviously they're going to be have more propaganda geared, whereas after it, even if they don't show up as often still, it opens up more room for more examination and um, different perspectives. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you have any final thoughts on this year as a whole? Honestly, I I think that um, there were a lot of really strong movies this year, but um, sometimes you have to look outside of the nominees. Um, You know, as far as like the actual best picture race, it's not very strong for me overall. Um, Not at all a fan of For Whom the Bell Tolls or In Which We Serve or Watch on the Rhine, but look outside of those and there's really some great stuff out there. and some beautiful Technicolor films, some really fascinating black and white films, and in my opinion, the greatest movie ever made um, as our best picture winner. So um, yeah, really strong year. I appreciate you having me on to talk about it. Yeah. um, Yeah, I would agree with you on a lot of that. Like this was a strong year for film, but wasn't always represented the best in the nominees. Um, we have stuff like the human comedy, which definitely feels like something that would be made during this time. Yeah. It's sort of feel-good movie, um, and to arouse spirits during the war. We have Mickey Rooney playing, like, I'm not sure what his specific role is, but he delivers messages to people during the war. It's okay, but it definitely feels like a, um, like a Frank Capra ripoff. <laughs> Yeah, good point. I hadn't thought about it that way, but definitely see that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the biggest takeaway I um, I take from some of these novelties is that they veil very distinctly of their time. Like capsules in time. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, and at a very significant time, I mean, this is smack dab in the middle of world war ii so they definitely reflect that and both at home and abroad and um i completely agree with that yeah oh and i forgot to mention um well technically we already mentioned this but Sanjay went away is another one of the films i'm not sure if we're still in the war or after the war but it does really capture the sentiment very well of being in those times yeah i i i love sent you in a way um whereas for whom the bell tolls is a three-hour movie that feels three hours since you went away is a three-hour movie that flows so perfectly the cast is incredible um so i'm I'm really looking forward to what you have to say about that for 1944 but i i love sent you in a way it's so good yeah 
and I love that it focuses um on the women on the home fronts. It gives us a unique perspective. Absolutely. At different ages too. Um yeah. some of the characters. So that that's an an interesting factor that they bring as well. So um Brett, thank you for appearing on this podcast. I had a really fun time talking to you about all these films in this year. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was awesome. This is a joy. I, I really appreciate having me on and I love looking at past years and um, how we would have done things differently than the Oscars did with all of our perspective um, in hindsight. And so this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, how can we find you on social media and your podcast? Yeah, so um, you can find me. Uh, my podcast is Gilded Films. Um, so we're pretty much on all most podcast um, streaming services. Um, we have our Twitter at Gilded Films. My personal Twitter is at Speedos2017. And so I um, tweet about movies and stuff there. So um, yeah. Very nice. So as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Gabe. The Joker with two underscores. You can find me on Instagram at GabeBorn with a single underscore. You can find me on Letterboxd at Mr. Hulo. And you can be sure to follow the Alternate Oscars page on Twitter at Alternate Oscars. Should be pretty easy to find. Um, I'm also a contributor for Keith Loves Movies, so be sure to read my reviews as well as those of my colleagues. And be sure to rate and review this podcast for visibility's sake. And subscribe to whatever server you use. Subscribe through whatever server you use. And until the next episode, sit back and relax. Cheers and enjoy. And thank you for listening to the alternate Oscars. Might be a good idea for you to disappear from Casablanca for a while. There's a free French garrison over at Brazzaville. I could be induced to arrange a passage. My letter of transit... I could use a trip, but it doesn't make any difference about our bet. You still owe me 10,000 francs. And that 10,000 francs should pay our expenses. Our expenses? Mm-hmm. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.